Hey, Levi, what do you want to eat? Tofu. There you go. Thank you. What's this? It's a pepper. Try it out. They're dancing. I am going to mix them with some, with some soy sauce. You know what tofu's made from? Soybeans. Like soy sauce. Exactly. Cute touch. Yeah, I did a mushroom. I got some beef. What do they taste like? That's beans. You're listening to Choose to be Curious, a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. I'm your host, Lynn Morton. Welcome. Come, choose to be curious with us. Today is all about kids and their appetites. Self-taught chef Jack Jung has taken Instagram and TikTok by storm with his visually delicious and disarmingly adorable account at Cooking for Levi, in which Levi, his very young son, enjoys some very sophisticated meals, very beautifully prepared by Jack. That wasn't just tofu Levi was eating in the clip you just heard. That was agadashi tofu with charred shishito peppers, graffiti eggplant, and bonito flakes, or as Levi likes to call them, dancing leaves. Jack and his wife, Emmy, have come out with a cookbook of the recipes he's been making for Levi, and you'll appreciate this perhaps almost as much as I do. It's called Cultivating a Curious Palette. It's self-published through Amazon, available in on-demand print or e-copy. I have it on my phone. As the once frustrated mother of some pretty picky eaters, all I can say is, wow, Delicious recipes and utterly addictive production values aside, Jack has hit on strategies that echo research from some of the smartest folks working in curiosity, child psychology, early learning. Susan Engel is one of those people. Her 2015 book, The Hungry Mind, The Origins of Curiosity, is foundational work in the field. Do you sense a theme here? Isn't that delightful? I just love that. Anyway, I found myself thinking about her work when I came upon Jack and Levi. She says, attention to novelty is the foundation of curiosity. Well, they definitely have the novelty thing down. Susan has identified several key aspects of everyday situations that play significant roles in determining how curious we become. She writes, thought curiosity rests on the appetite for the unknown. It depends paradoxically on a sense of safety and security. So the quality of a child's attachment to their parents and how safe they feel as a result has a powerful influence on the vigor and depth of their inquiry. She says children also need to feel interest and opportunity. They will be more curious when they can interact with what interests us. Interestingly, she says ambiguity and even controversy will lead to more learning and more interest in learning. Uncertainty is key to that. Dynamic, irregular places are just more interesting. Hmm. So things like dancing leaves and surprising looking foods, that's all good. And, Susan goes on, the behavior of the adults around kids really influences them. How adults respond to questions and whether they encourage exploration and inquiry really matter. 
One key finding that really gave me chills, kids who are less curious by nature are actually more susceptible to the response of adults. So the lower a child's intrinsic curiosity, the more sensitive to disapproval or discouragement of curiosity they're going to be. And finally, priming and modeling of curiosity also have a big impact. How adults tee up something new shapes how curious a child is going to be. In addition, she found that children who saw their teachers deviate from the expected were more likely to experiment as well. So the modeling really matters. I don't know if Jack Jung has a degree in child psychology, but he's certainly tapped into most, if not all, of the strategies that Susan Engel identified. And I'm delighted to have him join me to talk about cultivating a curious palate. Welcome, Jack. Thank you for having me, Lynn. Thank you so much. And uh, I just want to say thanks for the amazing intro. I mean, we're we're not like experts in parenting at all. I wouldn't want to say that at all. Um, well, you're learning by I, doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. My passion is in food and cooking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what has, you know, got me here today and even how it's influenced how we're raising Levi in a way, especially with this whole, these videos that I'm making. Right, right. I mean, to that point, it's like your interest has given him a place to explore his interest, right? I mean, he wasn't born a foodie necessarily, but he's certainly been given this opportunity to explore the world around him. You know, I mean, I've watched these videos. He, he's curious. He, you've obviously talked to him about where this stuff is grown and how you're preparing it and where has he had it before and what's it remind him of. So I have to back up. Were you ever a picky eater yourself? Um, so yeah, my background is from a Cantonese Chinese background. My family's from uh, Southern China. So uh, Guangzhou and people there value food a lot. So <laughs> I remember growing up, we didn't really go on vacations much. My parents never like kind of skimped on having a good meal. And I was raised by my grandma and my mom, but my mom was usually busy working. So my grandma would cook all our meals, just kind of like homemade meals. She would go to the supermarket every day and pick up fresh veggies and meats and just you know, make us all these different types of dishes, Chinese dishes. You know, my sister and I just, we didn't think about it at the time, but now that we look back on it, we're like, oh, wow, we had it so great. Because not, you know, not a lot of parents have the time or energy to really, you know, make all these great foods and have the children like try out all these things. But, you know, I think, I think food is actually a very great way to connect with children and spark like conversation just because food is something that everyone enjoys and it's something that you kind of have to you know you have to eat food so it might as well be enjoyable yeah exactly you actually wrote a lovely thing in the foreword to your cookbook that cooking for levi uh, relit a curiosity in you can you say more about that because I think parenting does that generally, but I think this is a lovely example kind of in particular. Yeah, that yeah, that's a great question because so how I started in this whole thing is I actually went to school for 
environmental science. So I had a bachelor's in environmental science. I graduated and I just couldn't see myself doing it. Uh-huh. And I just kind of took a, a chance at this time. I was really like interested in cooking because I started cooking for my roommates in college. Um, and before then, I, I, I love food all like all my life. I really like, you know, having like really delicious foods and stuff. But once I started trying to make it on my own, that's when the curiosity really sparked. Yeah. So I wanted to learn everything. Like if I tried something delicious, I would be like, oh, like, how did they do this? If I saw something, you know, online or on TV and it looked amazing, I'm like, I want to learn how to make that. So I kind of took the, the chance and just didn't use my degree and just went, you know, looking for a job in a kitchen, uh-huh. which was insane at the time because. <laughs> or not. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, because like at the time I had no experience. I didn't I wasn't going to go to culinary school because I just spent four or five years in school. I, you know, I didn't want to like pay more money to get a, sure. another degree. Sure. I'm like, how can I get experience? the quickest. I just have to work in a kitchen, like a professional restaurant. So I applied everywhere, you know, saying like, I'll work for free just because I need experience. I have no experience, but I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So uh, I did try out a different place, a few different places where I kind of just did work for free a a few nights. And then eventually I did get a a job as like a prep cook at a uh, restaurant that specialized in like seafood. Um, so it was, it was a pretty uh, upscale restaurant. And so it was really nice to get that start in that restaurant. And also the chef that uh, I worked under, he was this, just this young and super passionate guy. Mm, uh, yeah. And he was running the whole restaurant and he, he was just so inspiring. And I'm so glad that I started like that because I feel like it's very easy to get um uh, turn off in this industry because it's not, you know, it's not easy work. You're, you're doing repetitive tasks and it's, you know, it's manual labor. It's, but there's so much more involved if you think about it in a way where like, I want to learn how to make good food for people instead of like, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. (laughs) Um, But that's, I think curiosity is what really inspired me and drove me because every time I, made something i would be like okay how how can i make this better right like how can i improve on this and i would in every job i had i would any spare time i had i would try to like find spare ingredients that the the restaurant had and i would try to make staff meals for Uh, for the staff just like kind of come up with stuff just test stuff Uh, i've heard about those staff meals elsewhere that's like a serious innovation incubator those staff meals (laughs) it's a great way to try you know try out ideas to learn from your mistakes and just yeah like be be very curious on everything i think um i think curiosity definitely is a driving factor of how it kind of like because you know if you you just have passion you, you it's not enough i think you need curiosity too I think having Levi kind of re-sparked my curiosity because I can show him food. He He's like, I feel like when you're a child, you, the whole world is, is just brand new to you. Right, so right. curiosity as is like almost at its prime, you know, you, everything, you're curious about everything. And like you mentioned before, it's, 
it is how you approach it with a, a child. If you are more encouraging, if you kind of uh, speak to, to them more about it, kind of have a conversation with them and just be more enthusiastic and excited about the topics that you bring up, I think naturally they just become more curious and are more comfortable being curious, asking questions and exploring. Um, and food is something that I just love and cooking, you know, like preparing stuff for people and just learning about everything there is to, to know about food. It's, uh, it's like such an easy, natural talking point to have with him. And he, he like, he's just like a great speaker in general because he's only two and a half and he, we have like full on conversations with him, which is just insane. He just, and he like kind of contributes to the conversation in a way where, where we're like, wow, we didn't expect him to even say something like that, but we add on to it, right? We, we want to keep encouraging more discussion. You're listening to Choose to be Curious. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and I'm joined today by Jack Jong, chef and author of Cultivating a Curious Palate. To me, that actually goes back to some of what Susan Engel talked about, right, in terms of those opportunities, you know, kind of creating the space for those conversations and creating clearly a safe space. I mean, he obviously is very accustomed to the routine of what you're doing. So there's some security in that. And also just really comfortable that, like, you're not going to bring him something awful. He might not like it, but he doesn't have to be afraid of the fact that you're bringing something new to him. So many parents find mealtime not a time of curiosity. It's like a battleground. But I think you've hit on some strategies to just turn that upside down and into this kind of joyful exploration. So can you speak to any of that? Uh, yeah. So I try. we try to talk to him about food in like a playful way. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. I, think, I think especially when they're so young, Sometimes parents can be, you know, just kind of uh, expect certain things from yeah. a child that's yeah. not like they need to kind of play with their food a little bit more. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's okay. You know, they don't have to be super clean or, or you know, just let them kind of uh, experience everything. Uh, let them, you know, mash up stuff with their hands um, make like a little bit of a mess. And I think that kind of builds comfort and also just introducing a lot of, uh, different types of food instead of, you know, so that they know like, oh, there's so many things out there that I can try different flavors, different textures, you know, to bring it back about the, the da dancing leaves. So bonilla flakes are just kind of dried shaved fish flakes that's uh -huh. used in Japanese cooking a lot. Uh, so one time we went to a Japanese restaurant and we ordered the takoyaki, which are these little uh, like balls that are filled with like squid, octopus. Uh, and they they put bonito flakes on top. And what happens is when you put bonito flakes on something that's hot, since they're so thin, they start kind of moving because of the steam. Oh, right. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, so once he saw it, he started oh. calling them dancing leaves, you know, like we, I love we that. didn't say anything about that, but he made that association. He made that connection, which he actually does a lot. 
just naturally. Uh-huh. And we were like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, you know, that's a that's a great uh, analogy almost, right, that you made. Because he, I think just the way that his brain works, he likes to make these little connections. So yeah, we encourage that. And then now we call it that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like, uh-huh. we almost like use the phrase that he made up. So when I did use it in the tofu dish, I, I was like, look, I put some dancing leaves on there for you. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, allowing them to, be on this journey with you um because it's like this whole food thing i almost kind of see it as like a culinary journey that i'm taking uh, him on uh, i'm trying to prepare him all different types of foods from different cultures with different ingredients and just kind of getting his feedback and then just opening up his palate more uh-huh uh-huh uh and yeah and hopefully sparking curiosity through that yeah 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 i love it i love it the cookbook sort of organized into some kind of gentle progression, right? Start simple, get curious, be adventurous, be a little daring. Mm-hmm. For somebody who's listening to this, it's like, oh my gosh, I want to do this, but I don't even know. How do I start? I mean, what's your advice to somebody to kind of go on this journey in whatever version they might have, but that is cultivating a curious palate in some way? Um, well, it depends on uh, the child's age, but if you wanted to start you know, as they were baby and preparing like the baby foods, because our book does have a small section on the baby foods that I made for Levi when he was young. And, you know, they're simple recipes. They're just like three ingredients, um, but they kind of vary in texture and taste so much that I feel like that's like a great starting point. Um, Because, you know, for, I think for a child, if, all they're experiencing is, you know, the same textures, the same flavors. As they get older, it's not really going to open up their palate as much. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, this is just my thinking. I think that kind of, you know, creates more picky eaters just because they're maybe more comfortable with like the same things that they've experienced. So if you, you know, try your best, obviously there are limitations uh, when a child's young. So... So starting early seems like a really good strategy and you can sort of start early at any point, right? Yeah. So you could start now. It doesn't, it's like the ship yeah, is not sailed s- forever, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So just, um, I think the main, the main message is like, just try more things, mm-hmm. right? Especially I think textural contrast for, uh, especially for kids is really big because nowadays we live in like a really processed food world right and if you really think about what all these processed foods have it's like they're very similar in texture Mm -hmm. you know they're always like the crispy and crunchy but there's so many other textures and foods and if you're just limiting yourself to these you know three or four different types then it's going to be hard to really branch off and try new things you have a section in your cookbook for reflection for people to take notes and sort of check in with themselves. And I want to invite you to do the same thing. As you sort of look back on the journey so far, what are some of your reflections about it? Um, well, <laughs> in terms of, I guess, being a parent, it's, I feel like there's just no blueprint, right? <laughs> like, oh, that's so true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like <laughs> no matter how hard you try to find one, it's, it's just impossible. You know, you kind of have to roll with the punches. It's, 
uh, it's whatever you, you're, I think the, be, the, the, the biggest thing that we learned or are, are still learning is you have to adapt really quick, mm-hmm. right? You have to mm-hmm. be able to adapt. It's, you can't be stuck in your own ways. I mean, I wish we could just kind of like go, go back and, or like, I don't know, I fish, I wish we could feel how we felt when we were a child so we can relate more. Mm. it's hard it's very hard to take a step back and be like wait when I was a kid how how were my feelings like when you know my parents were like treating me like this or so it's so difficult to kind of like separate that and go back so I really wish I could but you know if you are mindful and you try and just you know talk to your kids kind of work with with them instead of like at them Uh (laughs) Uh yeah 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 Uh I think that's great advice. You know, I collect curiosity practices, right? Things that people do to kind of bring curiosity into their lives, large, small, formally, informally. I think that's a good one, actually, you know, just to try to tap back into that mindset. And you you talk about this maybe in your forward where you invite people to kind of be willing to adjust their mindset, their own mindsets about food. And some of that comes with like going back to, well, what? what was going on for us as we were kids and, and what might that tell us about the moment? That's a great, that's a great curiosity practice right there. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. With food, it's like, if you go back when you were a child, you, I'm sure you didn't like it when your parents were like, eat that because I told you to, you know, like, just like eat it. (laughs) Right. Like, and then you're like, oh, why? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, because it's good for you or something. So, yeah, I think if you open up the conversation and just, you know, be more excited about the food or maybe even like show them how the food was prepared or how it was grown and like all the little steps and it just makes them more curious and more, um, you know, open to trying things um, or even have them help you cook. I think that's a, a great way because sometimes, you know, Levite, isn't that picky but sometimes he you know if you if you're telling him oh it's time for lunch kids are kids sometimes right. they don't want to eat <laughs> right. Right. right sometimes i'm like okay do you want to help me make your lunch you know and then we kind of make it into a little activity i think kids just love love attention they just love to learn i don't know it seems like a really like using the dancing leaves it also feels like a way of respecting levi because you're you know, you're using his language and you're accepting his assertions that like, Hey, I'm trying it, but I don't like this stuff. And it's like, okay, I can respect that. You know, that's a, that's a nice message for a kid to get too. When you become picky, you kind of have like this preconceived notion of like something that you haven't even tried, but you kind of, you think that you're not going to like it. Right. Right. It And it could just be stuff that I don't know, like as an adult, I feel like you there's some things that are kind of baked into your preferences from maybe childhood or just experiences you had and then it kind of makes you wary to try new things just based off your own expectations or um, assumptions and if i i feel like if you don't even give it a try it's hard to break that cycle because then every time you go out and you see something like oh i don't think i'm gonna like that it's like but like why what's making you think that it's like there's really no you know you, you just have to try it it's, it, it's not gonna unless you're allergic to it, it's not really gonna hurt you right <laughs> right try and i think showing that to your kid 
they like you know kids love to mirror their parents so they if they ever see you like be picky or, or something just because you think you're not gonna like something they might start picking up those little uh, tendencies too right. so it's good to try thing new things together with your children as well nice very nice uh, so are you willing to try something new with me? Are you game for my big jar wannabe analogies? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, a little nervous, but excited. You know, I know. Makes everybody nervous. I apologize about that. But so this is the jar. I have slips of paper in here. One for you, one for me, one for the audience. And we're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever is on these slips. So... Yours is gardening. Mine is blue jeans. <laughs> and we have one for the audience. So do you want to go first or you want me to give it a shot first? I can go first. Okay. So uh, how is curiosity like gardening? It's crazy that uh, gardening was picked because food, like food is like, how is it made? It's <laughs> through farming, gardening, right? Uh, I am a terrible farmer. I grow, <laughs> like I, I can't grow anything. So luckily my wife, is she grows great plants she she loves to garden and farm so like our dream is to kind of like have our own little greenhouse and like like chickens in the future but um i think gardening is it really is like amazing how curious you can you can get with gardening because there's so much to learn when, when you're gardening and there's so many things to learn about the soil about the you know the climate about seeds and even those pesky bugs and birds and squirrels, sometimes you, you know, you spend all this time growing something great and then you come out the next day and they're all gone or, you know, they're half eaten. And you're like, oh no, like what? So then you got to get curious about like, okay, what's doing this and how can I prevent it? I love it. So yeah, it's a whole battle with gardening. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Very nice. Oh, what a place to cultivate one's curiosity, right? So mine is blue jeans. Um, huh. Uh, um, I'm going to say that like that blue jeans get more comfortable, the more you put them on, the more you wear them. And I think curiosity is like that too, that the, like the more you do it, the more comfortable it is and good for gardening. I'll just connect all yeah, of them. Yeah. And audience, yours is toothpick. <laughs> I was curious if you like a toothpick. Let me know. Social media, hashtag analogy. That's a hard one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm curious to see what people do. So, Jack, thank you so much for this. This it's this conversation has been a lot of fun, and it's it's like my favorite thing on Instagram to go to at cooking for Levi. So, oh, thank, thank you. For that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just amazing seeing all the support and love from people. So, yeah, thank you to everyone that watches, and thanks for having me on, Lynn. You've been listening to Choose to be Curious, conversations about curiosity and work and life. I'm your host, Lynn Wharton. Thanks for joining us here today. You can find this and all my previous episodes on my website at choosetobecurious.com. And I hope you'll follow me here, there, and on social media at Choose to be Curious. Don't forget to send us your toothpick analogy, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to Jack Jung and to Levi for being an amazing little curiosity role model for the rest of us. Links to Cultivating a Curious Palette and at Cooking for Levi on my website, where I've got links to Susan Ingalls' work, as well as a really nice interview I had with her a while ago. I hope you'll check it all out. Thanks, too, to Sean Ballack for our theme music. And this is Plum King by Mole Rider via Blue Dot Sessions. 
Cooking for Levi audio clip used with permission. I hope you'll join us again next time. And until then, choose to be curious. Thank you.